0: You're listening to the sound of my voice. Hello everybody, my name is D'Angelo Valentine and this is the Unplugged Podcast. And today's episode, we're gonna be talking about spiritual gifts. And especially in a time like right now, I've been saying this from time, there is a calling in the midst of the chaos. And today I have a very special guest, help us understand, navigate and break down what it means to have a spiritual gift. I'll tell you something, everybody has been blessed with a gift. I don't believe that it's just like one person is very special. No, no, no. Some people are called to do big things. Some people are called to do small stuff and it doesn't make you more or less than the other person. It's just the way that God needs you is the way that God needs you. And today I have Pastor G. Andrew Beresford breaking it down today. G. Andrew Beresford is the senior pastor of the Serve City Church and overseer of Serve City Network. He has been the pastor and church planter for 16 years. He believes that it is life-changing to call and serve others, especially through helping them discover their God-given purpose and equipping them to live it out. Pastor Andrew has a heart for the GTA and the nations of the world. He's been married to the love of his life, Pastor Chantel, for over 14 years, and together they have three children, Gabriel, Noah, and Claire. Pastor, can you hear me? I can. I can. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you so much for short notice to to do this. But I know that God is doing amazing things. And I know that I I was saying earlier that uh, no matter how big your gift is or how small it is, God has an important thing for you in your life. And I know that you're going to break it down today and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to bust up the place, man. (laughs) You're going to bust up the place. Well,
1: first of all, I just want to, just honor you and thank you for the opportunity to be able to share. It's most definitely a privilege, and this is a topic that is, um, is special to me considering that I find it is one of my life's purpose to, uh, to help people discover and walk in what God has called them to.
0: First question is, what is a spiritual gift?
1: A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability that is given to an individual by God. And so the reason why it's considered spiritual it's because it's something that originates in your spirit. It's the empowerment of God with your spirit, giving you the ability to do something that in and of yourself, you're unable to accomplish. So that's kind of a, a simple definition or overhead definition of of what a spiritual gift is.
0: There's something different about you co- compared to all my other guests. All my other guests had to go and elaborate, to go around the circle, come and do this. And you're just <laughs> like, ah, there you go. <laughs> You're just like, uh, that's what it is. And that's one of the things with spiritual gifts. I, I'm still trying to figure out what mine is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing this podcast and trying to just unlock certain things that people are missing. I don't know if yeah. that's my spiritual gift, but I, I'm still working on my relationship with God in order to unlock those things and identify it and harness it. And it leads into my next question. Now, we're going to kind of tiptoe to have the uh, audience know a little bit more about yourself. So describe a time when you discovered your spiritual gift.
1: Man, well, for me, um, I got called, I would say, and before I even state that, let me just, you know, kind of piggyback on what you were sharing earlier. A lot of people, when they hear the concept or the thought of a spiritual gift, they think of something massive or mammoth. And that's kind of like one of the things that pushes people back from being able to even recognize that, They have a spiritual gift because they're thinking, oh, man, if I have a gift, that must mean I'm going to be a pastor tomorrow. Or that must mean that I'm going to go and, you know, uh, become a missionary and go to Africa and sell all my stuff tomorrow, you know. But that's not always the case. And so I think that, you know, it all starts with connecting with Christ. And when you connect with Christ, first of all, and begin to pray into it. You know, God, what did you put me in the planet to do? What did you assign and destined me to do? Then God begins to confirm. He begins to send some confirmation. And then not only that, um, affirmation by those who are in your circle of influence. Usually we'll start hearing people say stuff like, hey, have you ever considered doing X, Y, and Z in gospel community? This is why it's important to not only be connected with pastoral leadership, but also um, even in gospel community or church community. Because people begin to affirm and say, "Hey, this is something that you may be called to do." And so it was in my life. You know, I I uh, got saved when I was about 18 years old, and simultaneous to that, I I began hearing from God as to what it was that I was called to do. And just quick little story, I you know I got saved, and I was sitting on my couch while I was there. I heard in my heart. And this is one of those things where it was not an audible voice. You know, This is where it's kind of like a spiritual experience. And in my spirit or in my heart, I heard, I called you to preach. I called you to preach. That was the first aspect of my calling that I heard. And so I was startled because I'm like, man, I mean, I had just come from an experience where I had smoked some laced weed and I lost my mind. <clears throat> and so you know, I didn't expect or think that god that I could do anything you know, like I didn't think God would want to use me. I was operating as a musician, I couldn't at that point i was I was having severe panic and anxiety attacks to where I couldn't even drive in a car for more than fifteen minutes without having to pull over to the side and plant myself on the road, and so I was having serious anxiety panic things that were happening all sorts of paranoia and things because of that that weed that I had smoked. And so anyway, God saved me, delivered me, and said, I called you to preach simultaneously. And so I'm, I'm all shook up by all of this. But then I said to the Lord, I said, if this is what you've called me to do, I need a sign. You know, I don't know, a listener, somebody listening, you might be like, yo, that's me. I've been in that place. And I'm like, I need a sign. I need to some sort of confirmation. And that was what happened. I said, God, in my head, I said, if this is you calling me to preach, I want you to have my dad to call me before 12 a.m. tonight. And the thing is, I lived in Michigan at the time, and um, my parents were in Ontario, and they only spoke to me once a week. And my dad actually had spoken to me earlier that day. So there was no reason for him to call me. And so I'm like, Sitting there, man, with bated breath, waiting to see what's going to happen. I didn't say it out loud. I said it in my heart. And lo and behold, 1159. <laughs> 1159, man. The phone rung and I had a landline I didn't even have. Cell phones weren't popular back then, as popular as they are now. And I went and I looked and it said Ontario call. And turns out that it was my dad. <laughs> I pick up the phone shaking. And I'm like, Dad, why'd you call me right now? And he says, you know, I called you because I just felt compelled to call you. And I told him about what happened and what I had said to God. And that was a confirming and affirming moment for me. And then the Lord says, not only did he save me and deliver me, but he also called me to preach and teach his word. And so my gift at that moment was confirmed that it was a teaching gift. And through preaching and then various other things down the line but that that's kind of my in the inception of my ministry and also figuring out what i was called to do
0: wow <laughs> wow that wow i i i did not i i don't know this story i never knew this story this is my first time actually hearing this story <laughs> wow wow oh my goodness wow god works in mysterious ways you know <laughs> he does indeed Woo! <laughs> so so now you recognize the gift, right? And your dad called you. What was the next step that you took? Like, what were the the things that you did to harness those gifts?
1: Very good question. In addition to that, I immediately went and connected with the leadership at the church I was a part of at that time to begin getting mentored by the pastoral leadership that was there and also connected with others who were Ahead of where I was or who were where I was, you know, feeling like I was being led to to operate in and, and begun to receive mentorship in that area. I think a lot of times when people sense a calling and whatever you're called to do, even if you're called to be an entrepreneur and start a business and, you know, counsel people in that context, because like people who do hair are some of the best counselors ever. Right. And if you're if you feel led to minister in that way in the marketplace or in a business field or something of that nature or even if like if it's like me, like as a a pastor or you know, a church planter or something like this, you have to find people who are doing what you're sensing that you're called to do. And find get mentorship, find counsel, read up on it, you know, read, invest in yourself. You don't you're not supposed to do it by yourself. You know, at Serve City we have a a thought, don't do life alone. And that's the idea. The idea is that we shouldn't be doing life alone. And most definitely when you find out your calling, you should not try to undertake it by yourself. You should plug into leadership and also plug into mentorship.
0: Wow. That's an amazing answer. And and another thing to add to, to ask along those lines is, Mm -hmm. because I know with the calling, there's also the attacks of the enemy right? Mm -hmm. What are the things that people need to look out for when it's an attack of the enemy? Because sometimes the enemy can lace it up. Just like how you you were talking about how the weed was laced up with something. The enemy Mm -hmm. does the same thing where it can appear as good, but it's actually a trap. What are the things that did any of that happen with you? And if you can share like a little bit of a story about that and what is the tool that somebody can identify and make sure that this is what God is saying, do this, do this, do this, and it's not something from the enemy.
1: That's a very important thing to to talk through. The thing is that the enemy will always, and I'll say this, first of all, he is going to encourage you to do things that are opposing God's word, and that's kind of the primary thing. A lot of times you'll hear stuff, but it's not, it goes against scripture, or like even with Satan in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, he decided that he was going to try to get Jesus. He used scripture to try and get Jesus to do things that were ungodly or were outside of his character being God. And so we just have to make sure that when you're hearing something, when you're when opportunities present themselves, you, first of all you know, we line them up with the word. And so for me, that was that has most definitely happened, you know, where opportunities would pop up or things that would present themselves as an opportunity for my gift to be used. And I would have to line it up with the word. And then I realized, you know what, this agenda, this program, this you know, opportunity is something that goes against God's word. So that's kind of the first thing. I would say again, kind of like I said earlier, the concept of feeling stuff and checking stuff with people who are trusted in your circle. When the enemy sends stuff, or even just in general, if opportunities pop up, if an idea comes to mind, I bounce it off of trusted people to check and see, hey, does this sound you know right? And it doesn't mean that everybody's always gonna understand what God has called you to do, but nine out of ten times the Lord is going to put people in your life who, even if it's something that may be different for them than the norm, they're able to say, hey, this is something you should think through, or here's some wisdom around this, or this is why you should say no to this opportunity. The third thing I would say is also we, be, we have to beware, and I can even share around this, even of spiritual attacks. Like I've experienced a lot of spiritual warfare, I guess, considering my past and all of those things. But the enemy often will come through bad dreams or through visions and things like this to discourage or to hinder you from walking in your calling. A short story that I experienced around that was uh, when I first got called, all kind of surrounding the experience that I shared with the whole, you know, have my dad call me before 12 a.m. type deal. I, simultaneous to that, you know, I used to have this experience where, and maybe some of the listeners or maybe even yourself, maybe you've experienced this where in the middle of the night, you know, you wake up and you can't talk and you can't, um, you can't shout and you want to shout and you can't do anything. You can't move, you know, and, uh, that was kind of something that happened regularly because of my environment. There were things in the environment that welcomed in evil, Ah, uh, spirits. Some people would call it sleep paralysis, and that's kind of the technical or medical or psychological term that has been applied to that. However, you know, I know that there are, and many would uh, also agree that these are demonic experiences and these spirits that will come and try to hold your spirit down and all of this. So, anyway, one night after this calling experience, I was there and I was sleeping on my futon or getting ready to. And I was single at the time, so um, I had a futon and I was there sleeping on the futon, um, kind of drifting in to sleep. And I'll never forget, man, I had the thing happen where I was held down, couldn't speak, couldn't do anything. And at that moment, my eyes were open spiritually. And I knew that I would call it the in between realm. In the realm of the spirit, I saw a bald head guy with pasty skin, just standing in front of my window at the time. And my whole room changed around and there was a crib standing that was right next to this guy. And I could see it as plain as day today still. And this guy's there, he is looking at me, mean mugging like I slapped his mom or something. And there was a baby in the crib and the, and the baby in the crib was crying and he had a black glove on his hand, I'll never forget. And he's crying, and then he takes the black glove off while he's staring at me, and he puts the black glove in the baby's mouth. And I remember, man, I can still see it so vividly. I was shook in that moment, couldn't say anything. And finally, I was able to say Jesus. And when I was able to say Jesus, something else appeared at the foot of my bed, or the foot of the futon. I couldn't see its face, I just knew it was a figure. And once that thing appeared, maybe it was Jesus, I don't know, maybe it was an angel. Then the other thing, the guy in the crib and all that disappeared. And so that was a crazy experience, spiritual experience. I left there. I didn't even brush my teeth. (laughs) I went straight over to the church uh, that I was connected to. And, you know, in talking with the pastor, I realized that that was probably a demon or Satan and me just being birthed into ministry, just being born again. And that was him putting the glove in my mouth saying, I'm going to shut you up. You know, you so you can't, you can't cry the word out. You can't do what you've been called or assigned to do. So that was a shaking experience, but it was one that the enemy tried to intimidate me with. And sometimes he does those things spiritually, but we have to cling on to what God said um, because no weapon formed against us will prosper if we trust Christ and, and the call that he has on our life.
0: Amen. That's really intense, man. Uh, that's absolutely intense man uh, i'm just listening i'm listening to you explain i'm i had my mic mute but i'm going off i'm like oh this man is because <laughs> when, when especially when you were talking about the point of sleep paralysis and i'm like that's exactly what this happened to a lot of people who explain to mm-hmm. say no this was a demonic thing and some people say no, oh yeah. no it's sleep no no no, no if you have had that experience, you know, it's something demonic. And I'll I'll have an episode where I actually talk about my own personal experience about that. But today we're just talking about spiritual gifts and it leads into my last question. And we have to, we have to have you break it down. And what can an individual do when trying to find their gift? Like give, give us like the breakdown of how, from process of identifying it all the way to now harnessing it, just give the blueprint
1: man, awesome, okay, so I would say you know there are seven spiritual gifts that are listed in if we're talking around spiritual gifts specifically in Romans chapter twelve, and they are listed they're listed in there from verse six all the way down to. Um, Verse 6 all the way through 8. And so they kind of list those seven spiritual gifts. Seven is the number of completion in Scripture, kind of biblical numerology. And they sum up the character of Christ, you know, and who Christ is. Christ was a... Prophet, Christ was a teacher, Christ was a was someone who served, Christ was someone who exhorted or encouraged and built up. Christ was a generous person. So all of these all of these things that are listed there, that would be a great place to start to just look at those gifts, because every believer. Has a spiritual gift. Every believer has been gifted by God. If you are not a believer, even people who are not believers, Jeremiah and Jeremiah one five, this experience he has with God, and God tells him, "Before you were formed in the belly, I knew you, and I ordained you to be a prophet." So his the assignment on his life was there before he even entered into the earth. He just at some point connected with it. And found it out and then was used by God. So even if you're an unbeliever I and mean, you're still like, man, I'm still trying to figure out this God stuff, you still have an assignment and a purpose on your life before you even showed up. So you can read through Romans chapter 12 and just kind of look through those things and say, hey, like, do I see myself in any of these sort of positions Are the any of these things things that I identify as things that I may be called to do? And then in addition to that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 there's a there's a list of things that we call that are called manifestations of the spirit. And essentially these are ways in which the spirit manifests in the life of the believer. So you have a spiritual gift and then now there are ways that the Holy Spirit manifests. And what I mean by that is if your spiritual gift was a hand um the manifestation of the spirit or manifestations of the spirit will be like a hammer or a or a knife or a sword they come to the holy spirit manifest in your life to help you carry out the gift that you have um, or the gifts that you have depending on what he has called you to do so 1 corinthians chapter 12 verses 8 through 11 that's another place to look and see you know, are you are you noting and seeing any of these things present in in your life, whether it be the working of miracles or words of knowledge or words of wisdom? You know, I don't have time to unpack all of what these things mean at this point, but that passage right there has it's very potent around like thinking through and understanding ways that the Holy Spirit manifests in your life. And so, just kind of as a step by step, I would say. This is, you know, just identifying your gift and, and kind of going there. The first thing I would say is submission. You submit to God and you submit to godly leadership. So start by praying and think, as I kind of mentioned earlier, God, what have you called me to do? You know, I submit to your plan for my life. That's the first place. And submission to godly leadership. This is why we have pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers as some would say the fivefold ministry listed in Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven, and onward. And the purpose is, the Bible says that God gave these roles as gifts to the body of Christ so that they would be built up so that they would be prepared for the work of the ministry. So this is why you need pastors and leaders. People say, Oh, I don't need pastors. I could just do church at my house or whatever. No, this is why God has given us pastors to help you identify and also walk in your calling. So submission to God and spiritual leadership. Number two is realization. So, you know, keep your eyes open. After you've prayed, after you're submitting, you know, you, you are, you looking around to see what are some things, like I said, the scriptures that I noted, um, and just even looking in your life. And if you are called, it leads me to number three, to confirmation. You'll realize and you'll say, man, maybe this is why I'm so passionate about teaching because I'm gifted as a teacher. Maybe this is why I have the dreams that I have, not because I'm spooky or weird, but because I'm called to be a prophet. And so God gives me dreams to Help and to confirm that I am called indeed to walk therein. So there's confirmation. Then number four is affirmation. You know, so there's confirmation. There's affirmation. If you're called to do something, also as I alluded to earlier, there will be people in your life who will affirm this call in your life. They'll say, "Man, have you considered doing such and such?" You know, like there are a lot of people who feel like they're called to do something, but you know, when you when you actually look at their lives, there's no one who's affirming this in their lives. You know, like those people that come on America's Got Talent or, or American Idol, and, uh, and they think that they're called to do something, and they're called to be singers, and they're like, and then you quickly realize, you're actually called to sing in the shower, you know, not, not on the scale that you are actually thinking that you're called to. And so affirmation is important. And that's where, like I said, gospel community comes in, being plugged into church community and, and having people to be able to tell you, you know, yay or nay. And then number five would be preparation. I don't know what preparation looks like, it depends on what you're trying to do or what you're called to do. Preparatory steps might be a training course, might be reading some books, like I said. If you're going to be a pastor, it might be going to seminary. Or, you know, if the local church you're a part of has a five-fold ministry equipping opportunity or class or course or something like that, it's becoming a part of joining that. Um, Finding a mentor, somebody to hold you accountable and to walk with you along the journey. That's kind of what our heart is around Serve City Network for people who are called to ministry but don't necessarily have the the connection and or the you know the mentorship or whatever or the covering or the expertise in an area, they can connect with us and we will walk with them through that journey. And then uh, number six, after you've been prepared and whatever that journey looks like, would be application. You actually apply it. You begin to walk in your calling, walk it out, as opposed to just keeping it to yourself for saying, oh, now I found it and I'm not doing anything with it. And then most importantly, I would say the last one, especially if you're a Christian, we are called to be disciple makers, to duplicate ourselves, right? And so that last one would be duplication. The idea is you're always being poured into, but you're always finding someone that you can pour into. So now that you've found, you've been strengthened, go strengthen your brothers and your sisters. Now that you've figured out what you're called to do, become a mentor, you know, and begin to pour into and help others who may be coming along that journey as well. So that is; those are kind of those seven things that I would encourage people to do in identifying their gift and also walk, walking those things out.
0: I'm telling you, folks, this man came with the fire. He came and he mashed it up today. <laughs> he came <laughs> and, he mashed, God, and he mashed it up today. And I want to say a very special thank you, uh, Pastor Beresford, for for coming in. I know it was a short notice and I know with, especially right now for for the listeners, if you are not living in Canada, if you're not in the province of Ontario, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing here for the podcast has to be virtual because we cannot be in close physical proximity unless you have your... Working together under certain I- exemptions. So I want to say a very uh, special thank you for coming on board and sharing a little bit of your personal experience, sharing um, what it it means to finding your gift, harnessing that gift, and developing it. And I like when you put the the last portion there, talking about then creating disciples. Then they're after right. You're in, as <clears throat> much as you're being poured into, you're pouring into somebody else, and. That's, I would say is one of the things I always keep forgetting about when it comes to when you've been given something, it's not for Mm -hmm. you to keep, it's for you to give to somebody else. Right. And I remember your one sermon, this was 2019, I think it was October, 2019. And you were doing this, showing this example and you had some volunteers come up and you were talking about Psalms 23 and Mm -hmm. you were talking about like my cup ran it over right and mm-hmm. you weren't saying like oh yeah it's like god's just pouring all these blessings on you and you can't even ha- you can't even contain all of it but really and truly is not for us to keep it's for us to have that share to amongst other people right Amen. so that they can take that and inf- overflow it to somebody else Right? I, I love that. And, you know, like I said, again, thank you very much for, for coming in. And what's a way that people can contact you? And also, what's a way that people can also get involved and know a little bit more about Surf City?
1: First of all, I want to say thank you for having me on. And, you know, I just fan into flame and encourage you, man, um, around your podcast. You're an incredibly gifted individual just love your sense of style love your the excellence and expertise that you bring to the table your attention to detail even with this pulling out and drawing on the stories of others you know i think that for the sake of resource and empowerment i think that's very 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 powerful so keep up the great work and just to share this one last thing even before i tell people about how to contact just encouraging around you know, trees don't bear fruit to eat their own fruit. You know, you don't ever see a tree eating its own fruit. And so, I think just having that in mind, God doesn't cause fruit to be to come forth from our lives for us to just eat our own fruit, but for us to be able to feed and help others. This is the heart, man, of of Serve City Church. This is the heart of of our of my ministry personally. And if people are ever interested in coming and connecting and being a part of what's happening here. We're a a gospel community, and you know, the gospel being that Jesus came and died and rose from death for us who are sinners. Disposition towards us is love, and we know that people don't have it all together. That's why our motto at at Serve City is no perfect people allowed. So if you're listening and you're desirous of being in a place where you don't have to be perfect, but you can come as you are for real (laughs) and connect uh, with loving people, and do life together with people. Serve City is, I would say, the place for you to at least check out. And now even online, so many people are joining the church virtually, even though we're not able to meet in person. So I would still encourage you to check us out at servecity.ca. Servecity.ca. That's our website. And if you're maybe a leader um that does not that's already a part of a church and um you're looking for covering or mentorship or anything like that or oversight for your church, you can uh, check us out at ServeCityNetwork.com dot com and um and and find out. Maybe that might be a blessing to you as well. But that's kind of our uh, the ways to connect. Oh, and then also, you of course you can follow me on Instagram at G Andrew Beresford on Instagram.
0: All right, all right. And now that's knowing about Pastor Beresford. That's about Serve City Church. But if you want to know a little bit about myself, everybody will know me. Most people know me here on Unplug, UNPLG. We're on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts now. We've just been approved for Apple Podcasts. We are also on Google. You can look me up on the Google search. I'm top of the search list now, UNPLG. But if you want to know me a little bit outside of the podcast space, like my YouTube channel, You can look up After Dark. It's spelled A-F-T-R-D-R-K, where we talk about the all-black lifestyle, minimalism, mental health, beard stuff, anything that has to deal with that, you can check me out there. But if you want to know me even more personally, you can actually check me out on my Instagram, da Thank you so much for everyone that is listening and i hope that you can find your spiritual gift this is dangelo valentine unplg unplug signing off peace